Everyone has their own unique views and needs when it comes to financial success. If you'd like to leave your financial woes behind and live a life of financial freedom, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Saving with Steve show, hosted by Steve Sexton. The show will help you with the ins and outs of money. We talk about financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars and keeping you up at night. We talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, 401ks, risk management, retirement, and everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. Now, here is your host of Saving with Steve, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Pretty much everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. My name is Steve Sexton. I want to thank you for joining us. Here's the biggie today. We here in the United States have over 600,000 listeners and going really, really well. We just expanded in over 50,000 more listeners in Europe and we're moving into other countries. So I want to thank you for being part of this. I want to thank our affiliates to AMFM 247, uh, BBS Radio, UK Health Radio and others. We're thank you so, so very much. We're definitely talking about money. One of the things that I'm going to bring on today is something different that could affect our lifestyle money down the road. For the first time since the Cold War, American officials are warning that the United States could lose a great power war, specifically to China. And while China's rise dominates the headlines, dangers from Russia, terrorists, Iran, North Korea persist. The United States can't rely on its military to overwhelm opponents as we did in previous generations. Instead, the country must make choice to decide where to focus and where not to, what to do, what not to do. Failing to adopt the right strategy could result in a crisis, possibly a war, especially defeat. We have Elbridge Colby. Elbridge was the Deputy Assistant to Secretary of Defense for Strategy and Force Development between 2017 and 18, which which he led the development of 2018 National Defense Strategies. He's written a book called The Strategy of Denial, Americans' Defense and Age of Great Power Conflict. We have him on the show. You're going to want to listen to him in the second half because it will be very eye-opening. It'll be interesting to understand what's going on. I'm going to be talking about how to cultivate a healthy relationship with money. Now, first up, we're in the holiday season. You're so to speak, deck in the hall, spreading holiday cheer, and all that comes with a pretty big price tag. You don't want to despair because there's always a way to keep more money in your pocket and fewer charges on that credit card. We'd all love that part. So we have Lisa Thompson. She's a savings expert with coupons.com. She's going to help us get through it. So Lisa, welcome to the show. I want to thank Thank you you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love to talk about saving money. So it's going to be fun. (laughs) Well, you know what? Our show is all about saving money. And here's the interesting part. 86% of our listeners are female and they're between the ages of 55 and 75. And quite frankly, they grew up in the area where it's all about saving money. Right. So when we like hit her little blogs and said, hey, we got somebody from coupon.com. She's a saving expert. All these ladies like, me first, me first. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm always interested. How did you get into savings and become involved with coupon.com? Because there's got to be a good history behind that. Let's go back several years when I was stay-at-home mom of four little kids ages six and under. I was staying home with them. My husband was the breadwinner. And 
that's hard. You know, we were trying to live on one salary. And so coupons for me, it was just a lifesaver. You know, at that time it was getting that Sunday insert in the newspaper and clipping the coupons and saving money for me at that point was a necessity. So I really got into the whole world of coupons. Fast forward several years, my kids are older. I go back to work. I'm a writer and I'm in the Bay Area here. And I saw a job for coupons.com pop up as I was job searching. And I went, oh, I know a lot about coupons. (laughs) I can write about saving money and I can write about coupons. So I've been with coupons.com for about 10 years. I have written a lot about ways to save money, money money-saving tips. You know, obviously things have changed since the 90s when I was clipping coupons a lot out of the Sunday paper. I think the world of couponing and saving money has actually gotten easier. Mm -hmm. It's like the best of both worlds for me. I get a right, which I love to do. I have a lot of experience at learning how to save money with a big family. I actually am one of five. And I obviously grew up, I'm a little bit older. So, you know, back in the seventies, my mom was chopping the nickel every way she could. She would go to the wonder bread store and buy one day old bread because it was 30 or 40% off. Yeah. And we always had a coupon if we were going out to dinner. In fact, they still do. My mom would buy my dad's suits at certain times. She always knew when the stores had their clearance sales. So all the suits that my dad wore to work were, you know, expensive suits, but 40 or 50% off. And she actually was a seamstress. So she knew how to sew things. In fact, my friends all thought I had real cool clothes because back then it was like hang 10. So I'm talking like mm-hmm. 10, 12 years old. Well, my mom actually bought the material and made him sewed on and sewed on the logo on the shirt. So everybody thinks we <laughs> had hang 10. In fact, when corduroy shorts were in, she made those corduroy shorts. Obviously, you know, because you probably did all that stuff. I wasn't much of a seamstress, but I was really good at shopping clearance sales. And a lot of times I would shop a season ahead. Oh, summer clearance is on sale. My kids don't need summer clothes, but they will next year. You know, you mm-hmm. just kind of learn tricks. And my mom was also really good at garage sales. She could find yeah. some good stuff. Yeah. The funny thing is my mom actually went to look for like estate sales where people who had passed away, she would look for their crystal. There's a few times where she bought $5 crystal that was worth like 20 grand. She knew what she was looking for. So yeah, yeah. I know, I'm sorry. I'm just reminiscing because all this yeah, brought yeah, up yeah. a whole bunch of thoughts from my, my youth. So let's start talking about what things people should do to lower their costs this holiday season. Yeah, uh, I think it's really, really very important because you got all this inflationary stuff. Right. Prices are up. Right. Um, I don't know that there's as many shoppers as there was last year or people are buying as much as they did last year just because prices are up. So how do they go about making that dollar stretch? Right, right. That might be true on one hand, but also people are out and about and doing more this holiday season. I know for me, I'm having a few parties. I mean, there were no parties, no get togethers last year that I remember for the holiday season. So I'm noticing my grocery and wine budget (laughs) expanding a little bit this year. And I thought I'm entertaining more than I did last year. And everything is a little bit more expensive. It feels like, you know, you walk down the aisles of the grocery store and it's like my coffee creamer is a little more, this bread is a little more, and it starts to all add up. The biggest tip that I give people is if you are not in the habit of saving money, of checking coupons, of having coupon apps on your phone, going to a website. And if you like to still print coupons doing that, if you're not in the habit, it's going to be hard for you to remember to save money. A lot of saving money is just getting in the habit of it, right? It's remembering to do it. Every day, 
we check Facebook, Instagram, social media, the weather, whatever, but we don't always check what offers are out there to help me save money. I always say, take 10 minutes of your social media time or whatever, download the apps you need to help you save, check out the websites and get in the habit of using coupons. It used to be that the coupons came to us, right? When I was talking about what I did in the mm-hmm. 90s, coupons, right? They can still come to you, but you have to make a little more effort and know where to go. For example, the coupons.com app, download that in the app store. It's free. And you can just swipe through. There is like a treasure trove of cashback offers. You just tap them. Oh, there's my coffee creamer. Oh, there's my, my kids love this particular type of chocolate. And we have a dollar off coupon for it. So I tapped it today. I'm going to get that for their stockings. It's a dollar off. All I do is tap it. I go to the store. I buy it. I send in a picture of my receipt and my PayPal account is attached to the app. I link it and cashback shows up in my PayPal account. So that's one way to save with cashback offers. This is very, I would say, more trending and more popular now than kind of the old school way of couponing, where we take a coupon to the store and save at the register. People still do that. And I don't knock that. I think it's great if you like to have that coupon in hand and you take it to the store and you save at checkout. We have those on our website at coupons.com. You can print your own coupons. But the app and getting used to using cashback offers is so slick. And you just watch that cashback load up in your PayPal account. And you can put that toward more groceries or whatever. So what you're doing is you're going on coupons.com, selecting a coupon, and it has a cashback offer. So once you purchase it, you submit the receipt to coupons.com, and they send a dollar or $2 or $5 or whatever into your PayPal Yes, it is that easy. It's really just creating an account on the app. You can also do it on the website. I think the app is a very seamless experience, but we have cashback offers and printable coupons on the website. You just create an account, link your PayPal. To activate a cashback offer, you tap it. That's literally all you have to do. They're what we call store agnostic. So that means you can go use these at any store that you want that will give you an itemized receipt. For example, I love Costco. My kids are grown. I live alone, but I still shop at Costco every week. Oh yeah, this is my weekly thing. (laughs) So I go with friends, you know, and I'm pretty mindful of like, you know, we split things and we share things and and things like that. You know, I use cashback offers on my Costco purchases all the time. You can use these wherever you shop, as long as you get an itemized receipt. Wow. It's funny because like you talked about Costco. See, I'm the power shopper. So I have my list. I go get it. I'm out. My wife yeah. doesn't do that. It could be oh, no. three times what I what I spend if my wife shows up and she goes, oh, I need this. I need that. Costco <laughs> tells you what you need as you walk through the aisle. <laughs> well, most stores try to do that anyways. Yeah. So one of the big tips that you have is refuse to pay full yeah. price. If you can help it. And this is what I mean by getting in the habit, thinking about before I buy this particular purchase, before I check out at the grocery aisle, What resources do I have at my fingertips to keep me from having to pay full price on that? Really love this coffee creamer. Did I check my coupons.com app to see if I have a cashback offer in that? Another thing that I do is there are some things that I'm really brand loyal to. My laundry detergent, my coffee creamer, you know, things like that. I sign up for their emails because you'll get promotions, coupons, offers, money-saving opportunities when you sign up to be on their email list or follow them on social media that you might miss otherwise. The other thing is online shopping. I never check out at that cart until I have searched for a promo code. I go to coupons.com. We have coupon codes and promo codes too for your online shopping. 
I go there first. If we don't have something, I'll do a Google search. Look at your credit cards. A lot of credit cards have offers attached to them. For example, my American Express, I always check what offers do I have attached. You just activate that offer. A lot of it is credit back on your credit card bill. I check every resource before I hit purchase. You know, you just hit me with the total aha moment there. Because you know what? I get the American Express bill in the mail and they have all these offers and I go, I don't care about that. And I just remembered when I'm like, God, that could have saved me 50 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like I said, it's a habit, right? Every week. I go there and I, and I go to another credit card that I have, and I look to see what cashback offers. Cause a lot of it is, Hey, if you spend $50 here, you're going to get a $10 statement credit. Well, why wouldn't I do that? It's only going to take me, you know, a minute to scroll through the offer. So it really is just about thinking about how can I save? So that's why I'm saying refuse to pay full price before you've exhausted all the opportunities you have at your fingertips to save money. I have a debt reduction process that people lift all their expenses and stuff like that. And one of the ways we find the money to pay down the debt is looking at what you're spending and how you're spending it on. And part of that, you know, I know a lot of people who spend $300 a month going out to coffee places, but if they were just to go to Costco, it'd be 36 bucks and $5 for creamer. So they could save 200 some odd dollars. I talk about that stuff, but I never thought my wildest dreams that we should be looking at coupons because it could provide much more of an opportunity to pay down debt and obviously reduce those credit card payments, which there's a lot of people are gonna have a holiday hangover. I know that when it comes to credit cards. Now, we're gonna have to take a break. This is going too good. So we're gonna have to take a break, folks. Be right back. We have Lisa Thompson, saving expert with coupons.com. So stick with us, we'll be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. I just want to take a moment and send a special shout out to our affiliates at BBS Radio, UK Health Radio, AMF and 247. You know what? We appreciate them sharing us. Check out their systems and shows. There might be something else in there for you. We're back here with Lisa Thompson. She's got some budget tips for the holiday here, and she's a saving expert with coupons.com. Now, we talked about this a little bit, but pairing sales with the coupons. It depends on which we're talking grocery or retail, but 
You can do it both ways. Let's talk retail first, because okay. this is my wife's big thing. This is the question. She goes, how do I do this? Go into stores, my loft, my... <laughs> yeah. Well, I am a big online shopper, like I was talking about before. And so I also am happy to sign up for the brands that I love, the retailers I love for their emails, like I also mentioned. So when I'm getting a sales notice, hey, this is on sale over here, or this is on sale, that can be paired oftentimes with a coupon code that you can find, for example, on our website. So if they're running a sale on a shirt I want, and I have a coupon code for an extra 15% off or free shipping or whatever, I can use that promo code when I check out. There's always a box that says promo code. Some stores will even let you add a couple different promo codes to your oh. purchase. Yeah. So some stores will let you add a free shipping and then a percent off. So I watch the sales and then simultaneously watching for those promo codes and the coupon codes. For example, sign up for emails from coupons.com. We'll send you out, hey, this is a great sale that Home Depot is having, or here's a great coupon code at Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever your store. We'll send you notice of that. So you don't have to go search for that. Some people complain, oh, I get too many emails. You can set up your inbox so that it's not a big avalanche all at once. You can have promotions go into a special folder, and but it's worth it because you really can save money by being on a list like that. And I get notice of sales all the time or following people on social media, brands that you like. I can see how that could be a big benefit. Uh, definitely a big benefit. I'd have to have a different whole system for something like that in order for that to work because I have the work thing too. And that would just get too distracting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I set up a completely separate email address for my promotions emails. And that's where I know, okay, I'm going to go through those today and see what's on sale. Did they send me any promo codes? That kind of thing. Now, at the grocery store, you can get circulars in the mail, or I'm not a big list maker, to be really honest. I don't look at circulars, but I do like to kind of peruse the aisles and see what's on sale. And at the same time, I'm looking to see at the grocery store what's happening. I have my app up so I can kind of scroll to say, okay, that. I love that lotion. That's on sale. Oh my gosh, I have 50 cents off that. Tap it. Boom. It's done. It's sort of being mindful. How can I pair a store sale with a, a coupon? How can I add a promo code to my shopping cart online? It's a mindset, right? I call it the compound effect. If you consistently do the same thing yeah. every single day, yeah. you yeah. might have a food budget of $1,000 a month, but if you've got it down to 500 that's significant. And that yeah. 500 could go towards trips, a car, paying off debt, whatever is important really. to you. But more Absolutely. importantly, it's not showing up on that darn credit card. Especially Absolutely. This time yeah. Some people think uh, coupons, I'm not going to bother because what, I'm going to save five or $10 a week. Five or $10 a week over the course of a year, that's your, that's your food budget for a vacation, right? You know, like I really got into the mindset of my kids are grown now, but I still love to save money. And when I started developing this habit of going to Italy every year, I was like, I love this country, but it, it's pricey. <laughs> How can I save money on my everyday expenses to feel like I can afford this? And a lot of what I'm talking about is what I do. I'm just mm -hmm. constantly looking for how can I take money off that here and money off that? Because it adds up. And you know what? You can also do the same thing for travel. I don't know yeah. if you have something for travel. Yes. I know a couple of travel experts and that's what they do. They have the whole sequence down. Well, so now let's talk about those holiday parties. One of the things yeah. that you talk about is be bold enough to say yes, yes. you can bring something. Yes. 
I know a lot of women my age, your first response when somebody, you know, hey, I'm having a get together and somebody says, what can I bring? And you say, oh, nothing, just bring yourself. It's fine. <laughs> I got it. We kind of feel like we need to, you know, take care of everybody and splurge. And, and I started realizing, you know what, when I go to somebody's house, when I go to a party, I hate to show up empty handed. I want them to tell me what to bring because if they don't tell me, I'm going to bring something anyway. So one thing I've started doing is coming up with a theme. I'm having a get together next week and the theme is taco bar. So I'm going to provide the meat. And I said, everybody bring something that will go to the taco bar and I'll have the meat in a a slow cooker or, you know, whatever on the grill. And then you all pitch in or charcuterie boards are all the rage right now. So everybody loves charcuterie, Mm -hmm. right? I've done that too. Okay. We're going to have a charcuterie night or chili cook off or whatever. If you have a theme, then you're prepared for what to tell somebody to bring. And it's just much easier for everybody. And it saves you so much money. It really does. You don't have to fork over all that money for a whole party. Well, I agree. In fact, we used to belong to what we call a gourmet group where the theme would be German. Somebody brings the main course and everybody else brings complimentary dishes and alcohol and all that stuff. Just doing the same thing. It just creates a lot of fun because basically the real fun is all the people that are there. Exactly. You don't have to break your budget to have fun. I think a lot of people like my wife like to play mom and to make sure everything's covered. That's why they say, no, no, I got it. You know, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about everybody's got the delivery services going on. How do you get deals with delivery services? Well, first of all, download the apps. If you don't have Instacart, that's a great app to get. Coupons.com cashback offers work even on Instacart. So you can go on Instacart, order whatever from your favorite store that you're ordering and then use the cashback offers. Just send a photo of your receipt in, you'll get cash back. But Instacart itself also will send me offers frequently. I got one uh, yesterday, say $50 off a $100 beauty purchase. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'll take that. You know, just because they're trying to promote, um, hey, we've also branched over into the beauty world, you know? Sephora is on Instacart now. Yeah, I was going to say my daughter would love that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The thing about like, because of the pandemic, we're kind of in the middle of this. There's inflation, but people are always also kind of in the mindset of how can I save money? And there's always something, a new app, a new delivery service. You know, we're still kind of in that mode of not going out to shop as much. We're still learning how to do it on our apps and online. So Pay attention to what's new and download them and take advantage of the offers that these apps are sending you. Definitely. Again, it's a habit, you know, and it's going digital as opposed to relying on paper. Oh, yeah. You just look at the Sunday paper and see that when we talked about earlier, way back in the day, the coupons were like this thick and the paper was like this thick. So I totally get it. My mom loved the coupons. We just wanted the funny. So I totally get that. (laughs) It was was a win-win. Okay. So let's talk about thinking outside the gift box. Mm, This is my favorite thing. Sometimes when we are trying to think of what to give people, you know, it's like, oh, well, I've got a list from them or I can go on Amazon or I can get a gift card or whatever. I love to kind of think about, especially with my friends, you know, who are they? What do they love? And how can I put together like a compilation of gift basket of something that really speaks to them? You can buy a lot of great stuff to put in a gift basket at the grocery store, at a drugstore, and use our cashback offers to save on those. So when I say cashback offers on groceries in our app, it's not just food. You can find cashback offers on uh, everything from diapers to shampoo to there's 
There are cover girl cashback offers. So let's say you've got a friend who's really into makeup and beauty and look at our app right now where there's lotion, there's cover girl. There are several cashback offers you can use. Go buy a cute little makeup organizer, fill it with their favorite things and you have a great gift, put a bow on it, you know? So you're saving money on it, but it's also something unique. It's not, I got this for you off Amazon, <laughs> you know? Oh, I, I, I know thought into it. Hey, you got the $25 gift card to Starbucks. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, and I'm not knocking that. My kids love gift cards, you know, I get it. But I think especially with friends and people that, uh, that you know, it's fun to do, think outside the gift box, think outside the kind of typical... Mm-hmm. idea for a gift box. And I just, I love putting together little gift baskets for people. Well, I and also think of people appreciate it far more when they realize that there was some effort put into right, putting something right. together that really fits them and their personality. So I think exactly. that's very, very cool. Yeah. It's nice to give a gift and have them go, Oh, you know me so well, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to tell you I saved $10 on that, but. <laughs> well, you know, when they do good, when they say, Hey, you know me so well. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa, this has been wonderful. I want to thank you for being on the show. How can people connect with you, connect with coupons.com. So could you just go through that before our time's up? It, real easy. Go to coupons.com. That's our website, coupons.com. You'll find printable coupons, cashback offers, coupon codes, promo codes, free shipping codes, all of that, especially right now with the holiday season. You definitely want to check that out. And like I said, I think the seamless way to save is using our cashback offers in our app. So go to the app store for both iOS and Android. Download the coupons.com app. It's completely free. Create an account and you'll be earning cash back today. That's wonderful. It's so easy. Hey, thanks again for being with us today. Stay safe, stay healthy. Have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. And I'd love to see you back sometime in the next couple of months. I'd love to come back. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a great day. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're gonna be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're gonna talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us, savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. We just had Lisa Thompson, saving expert for coupon.com. What a wonderful slew of tips that you can use to save money, not put as much money on the credit cards during the holiday season so you don't have that debt hangover. Go to coupons.com. I think there's going to be some big benefit for you because Lisa told us how we can save a whole bunch of money by getting cash back. Right now, I'm going to be talking about how to cultivate a healthy relationship 
with money. Quite frankly, healthy relationships just don't happen. We all know that. Not only for your relationship with people, but with money too. So how do you build and maintain a healthy relationship with money? Well, a good starting point is to build a good relationship with yourself. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through about four or five different things that you can do to develop a good relationship with yourself, but more importantly, the money. Now, spend some time evaluating how you feel about money. This is really important. What are your financial values? What are the first three words that come to your mind when you think of the word money? Consider why these words pop up. Often, our financial beliefs and behaviors are tied to how our parents and caregivers felt about and managed their money while we were growing up. This is important to understand. According to studies, most people's financial habits or behaviors or values are developed by the age of seven by what they see from their parents. So if your folks are people who spent money all the time, who purchased items to keep up with the next door neighbors, had large debt, those could be your values too. Recognize these connections is the first step to developing a new financial habit. So once you recognize those, write down the values that you want to have for yourself. Do you want to save for retirement? Do you want to have nice things? Are you saving for a house? What do you value about money? Next, review your current financial situation and spending habits. Write down all your income, expenses, debts, and savings. If you're already feeling anxious about your finance, this can be a very scary exercise. Unfortunately, avoiding it won't make it go away. And quite frankly, in most cases, makes the situation worse. I have met with a lot of people who have significant positions and make a lot of money. One of the big issues that I see is if they don't understand their expenses, their debts, and their budget, then they have nice things, but they have no real assets because they haven't saved anything. The reality is that doesn't work well if you're trying to figure out how to retire. Now, having a full view of your financial picture can help you see areas of improvement. That way you can plan moving forward. Now, the next step is focus on spending that helps you meet your goals. It's just big. Using what you learned about your personal financial habits, take a look at your expenses. Are they leftover old bad habits? Leave behind expenses that don't line up with your goals. For example, if you want to pay off your debts, hey, you can go to coupons.com. Find ways to reduce what you're spending on what you're acquiring so you can live your life. Look at things like TV cable subscriptions. You can get a streaming and buy a few apps and save yourself over $100 a month. You can look at your cell phone bill and find a different carrier that has pretty much the same network, just as good a service, but you're not hooked up for two years and you could save $25 or $30 a month. You're looking at other subscriptions or restaurants and bars so you can spend more time paying off the debt if the goal is to pay off the debt. The goal here is to focus your spending on the things that are most important to you to take care of yourself. There's nothing wrong with the splurge spending. I have some clients that have that wonderful cup of coffee that they buy once or twice a month as a reward, makes them feel good. Same thing with chocolate or something like that. That's not bad from time to time. But if that is an expense, like you're going coffee out every single day, twice a day and spending four or $500 a month, find a way to reduce or eliminate that spending. Also, create a spending plan. Now that you know why behind your spending and have narrowed down your necessary expenses, the last step is to develop a spending plan. 
A spending plan allows you to prioritize your spending ahead of time based off your values and long-term goals so that you make sure you have the most important items covered first. This is gigantic. I have many people that I meet in their 30s and 40s that we've helped them find a way or create a plan to reduce and eliminate debt. And then secondly, start funding the travel that they're looking to do. Start funding their retirement. Start funding the, the, the down payment for a house. Those are their three major priorities besides their living expenses. So they have money going to four different accounts, living expenses, putting down payment on a house, travel, as well as their other expenses, retirement, big one. So what they're doing is they're creating four different accounts, but they're all centered towards their goals. What's left over might not be a whole lot, but it's be enough to have that discretionary spending because we all know money is infinite, okay? The key to practicing financial self-care is an ongoing process. Make it a habit. Dedicate time throughout your week to work on it. Just like exercising, the more you practice, the easier it gets. That said, it's so very, very important that you look at ways to increase your financial literacy. How do you do that? You start getting involved with classes to understand how your taxes are calculated. Find ways to reduce, eliminate taxes. If you have to, talk to a financial advisor. Make sure you have an estate plan. Make sure you have a debt plan. Figure out a way to reduce, eliminate. If you don't know how, you can always go online and you can Google the snowball debt reduction method. Or you can begin taking financial classes to figure out how investments are done, how money works. Now, you don't have to go all in on this. Hey, you can spend 30 minutes a week reading. You know what? If you spend 30 minutes a week reading, you can be in a position over a four or five year period where you can have a significant education that enable you to make better, more informed decisions that will impact the quality of your life. This is me talking about how to create a healthy relationship with your money. We just had Lisa Thompson talk about coupons.com. She's a saving expert. What great tips. You want to stick with us. We have Elbridge Colby. He's going to be talking about relationships with China that could affect your money too. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on the Saving with Steve show. Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of The Saving with Steve Show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hey, welcome to the Saving with Steve show where we talk about the ins and outs of money. Now today, 
We've talked with Lisa Thompson with coupons.com who helped people save a ton of money during Christmas. I've talked about how to cultivate a healthier relationship with money. But now we're going to be talking about something that could affect your money, not only now, but more so in the future. For the first time since the Cold War, America is officially warning that the United States could lose a great power war specifically to China. Have you seen lately China's rising dominate the headlines? We're still seeing the Russia dangers, especially with they're looking at possibly invading another country right now. You got terrorists, you got Iran, you got North Korea. The reality is the United States can't rely on its military to overwhelm an opponent like they did decades past. Instead, the country must make some choices deciding where to focus and where not to. And failing could mean crisis, possibly war, or even defeat in that war. We have Elbridge Colby. He's the author of The Strategy of Denial, Americans' Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. Now, what you don't know about Elbridge, he served as the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Strategy and Force Development from 2017 to 18, in which during that time, he led the development of the 2018 National Defense Strategy. So very well sought after. He has a think tank. I'm just happy that he's here to explain this to us. I think we all need to understand what's going on here. So, Elbridge, welcome to the show. Great. Great to be on with you, Steve. Let's get started. We don't have to go way into your background. I know you're very well credentialed. You know what you're talking about. So help our listeners understand what's really happening here with China, with Russia, the whole terrorist thing. If you could start with that, that way we can create a foundation and people can get a better understanding of what the U.S. needs to do, how we need to operate, things like that. Sure. The reality is that unlike, say, 25 years ago, the United States is just not by far the most powerful country in the international system anymore. China has really risen and it's an economy that's as large as our own. And it's turning that into military power. And at the same time, you know, the Russians are still pretty powerful, not nearly as powerful as the Chinese, but pretty powerful and significant. And there's ongoing threats from transnational terrorism, North Korea, Iran, you know, you could go on, Venezuela, Cuba, et cetera. So like a business, we have more potential challenges than we have resources to deal with them. So what do we focus on? Where do we invest? Where do we make sure that we're covered down or family budget, whatever analogy you want to use? And we're out of practice because in the past we were able to kind of, you know, we were like multimillionaires. We could just throw money at problems and not, not worry too much about it, even if we didn't succeed in Iraq or Afghanistan. At the end of the day, it wasn't that critical for us. It wasn't an existential issue. That's no longer true because we do face another superpower for the first time in a long time. My book is basically an attempt to build out a framework for how we think about how do we develop our military? How do we posture it? How do we plan to potentially use it with the idea of deterring war, not provoking it? But in that context, with resources that are, as the economists would say, they're scarce. We have a lot more resources than anybody else, but we don't have such a super abundance that we can just smother all of our problems. And so that's kind of, that's kind of the basic logic. And my argument is that China is by far the most important thing in the world that we have to deal with because it's so much more powerful. Wealth is what, you know, in the modern world translates into military power and leverage and so forth. And, and we can see that now. I think it's pretty clear. So we've got to take care of that problem first and have a, an effective deterrent and strategy there. And we're going to have to economize in other parts of the world. When we take a look at this, we could see some of that with China, and I might be wrong on this, so please correct me, where during this pandemic, we saw the supply chain issues with electronics. 
that are being manufactured in China, where China is supposed to say, hey, we're going to save these for ourselves as well as send them out all over the world. So that affects everybody, crosses inflation in other economies and so on. So um, how would a country like the United States start dealing with that? Right. Well, I think that the underlying point that the pandemic has shown us is how dangerous it is to be exposed to Chinese coercion, right? To too much leverage. I mean, that PPE, pharmaceuticals, et cetera, that we've had a taste of how the Chinese would behave if they had that kind of leverage. And the future that I'm worried about is one in which China dominates Asia, which is going to be more than 50% of global GDP. It's the world's largest market. And then is in such a commanding sort of geoeconomic position that it can impose itself on us. We won't be able to diversify supply chains because we'll have to buy Chinese goods or we'll have to be part of the Chinese supply chains. Now, we still have an opportunity to create a much more autonomous situation along with other countries like Japan, the Europeans, India, Australia, et cetera, to avoid that. But that's the ultimate goal of what we want to avoid. We don't want to be in a situation where Frankly, the social media companies are all Chinese. The yuan has displaced the dollar as the reserve currency, which is, uh, I think, inevitable if China ascends to the kind of position I'm talking about. That's actually what the stakes are that we should be worried about. I know that there was a bump a while ago with cryptocurrency, and that's China started saying, hey, no more mining cryptocurrency here. And they're focused on creating their own. Is that something that they would be looking, we really need to get a handle on here in the United States and how that would operate throughout the world in order to help us control some of the things that's happening here with China. I don't know too much about the cryptocurrency issue per se. I know there's been some discussion about it. I would think that China's desire, I imagine, comes from their obsession with control. You know, it's revealing, you know, I think all countries probably want to have a good sense on currency, but that they want to be able to track everybody's transactions and understand exactly what they're doing and be able to get their hands on it if necessary. And cryptocurrency is probably a threat to that. So I don't know specifically too much on the cryptocurrency issue that I could share with your viewers, but I think these are all going to be seen in this overall geopolitical context from now on. In your book, you talk about having a military strategy to focus on denying China's abilities to subordinate Taiwan and Asia in order for them not to dominate the region. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal because I think even though the stakes are economic, the stakes are about how we live our lives and kind of where economic power is concentrated. The method that I think China is going to look to is going to be attractive to China is military. So the prize is economic power. It doesn't mean you can only use economic power to get there. So instead, I think what China clearly seems to want this dominant position. Uh, it's very valuable. It's great. I mean, if they could be the reserve currency, if their universities could be the best in the world, their tech companies could be the best in the world, they could be the center of industrial supply chains and other supply chains, that'd be great, right? That'd be a big gain for them. So I think they're going to be prepared to consider using military force to achieve that goal because they're going to need to try to find a way to split apart this coalition that's developing to try to stop them from doing that. And that's what we got to be able to defend against. We have to be able to deny China's ability to quickly our allies within that coalition under China's thumb and break that coalition apart. No, that's great. We're going to take a break real quick here. Please stick with us. We have Elbridge Colby. This is a very interesting conversation. It does affect your finances in the future. So stick with us. We're going to be right back. More expert advice for having a happier relationship with money still to come on The Saving with Steve Show. 
Don't let your financial woes keep you up at night and prevent you from living a life of financial and personal freedom. Hi, I'm Steve Sexton, host of the Saving with Steve show. We're going to be talking about the ins and outs of money, those financial issues that could be costing you thousands of dollars, causing stress, keeping you up at night. We're going to talk about money, tax reduction, saving more, spending less, your investments, risk management, retirement, and everything associated with you having a healthier, happy relationship with money. So if you've ever dreamed of living a life of financial and personal freedom, you owe it to yourself and your family to tune into The Saving with Steve Show. Join me, Steve Sexton, on The Saving with Steve Show as we talk about everything under the sun when it comes to money. To learn more about the show, visit savingwithsteve.us. That's savingwithsteve.us. Savingwithsteve.us. We'll see you soon. Welcome back to the show that is here to help you achieve your financial goals. It's the Saving with Steve show. Now here's your host, Steve Sexton. Hello, welcome back to the Saving with Steve show. We're continuing on with Elbridge Colby. This is a very interesting conversation. We're learning a ton about what's going on with China, the United States, how to protect our country. More importantly, how to protect, I'm going to say, our lifestyle, your economy, your spending. One of the things in your book, you talk about increasing our focus against China and Asia. We must do less militarily everywhere else, including Europe, the Middle East, to get things right. So help us understand how that makes sense. Like, for example, the move out of Afghanistan, would that be considered a smart move, even though they think terrorists will take over in a matter of months, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a matter of prioritization. I mean, if you have limited resources and, you know, you have to figure out what's most important to deal with. And I think, you know, denying China that dominant position in Asia is the top priority because, Asia is the most important economy uh, by far. And, you know, Europe is kind of second for us. You know, the Russian, it's much smaller and the Russians are also much weaker than the Chinese. So they pose less of a threat there. They are a threat, but it's more modest. That's not to say that there isn't risk in doing less in Europe and the Middle East. I mean, Afghanistan is a good example. I mean, I was supportive of the withdrawal. I think it was handled very badly, but there is a possibility of terrorist attacks coming, and we're going to have to deal with that. We're going to have to deal with the terrorist problem in a much more cost-effective way than we have in the past, where we just kind of threw resources at it without too much of a a sense of of the cost. But that's just the reality in which we find ourselves. People say, ah, well, we can't afford to do less in the Middle East or Europe. And it's like, well, can't afford compared to what? There's often a premise in these arguments that we can just continue doing what we're doing, and that's false because the challenge in the primary theater is so great. So that's the basic logic is to look at what our primary, I mean, you could think of it as like insurance. If you live in Florida, you may wanna buy a lot more for water damage or flood insurance than you would if you lived in Kansas or something like that, right? You're gonna look at your situation if you're allocating among different insurance portfolios, there's always risk, but you gotta look at what's most consequential for you, what's most likely, et cetera. And I think that's where we are. And we're just out of practice because in a sense, we've been these billionaires for the last couple of decades where we didn't have to worry. We just buy every insurance and no problem. So when you talked about cost-efficient ways of dealing with terrorists, what would be some of those cost-efficient ways that the governments can utilize to deal with terrorism? Well, we've actually gotten pretty good at this over the last 20 years. I mean, I think it's become quite clear that large-scale American military interventions along the lines of Iraq or Afghanistan don't help. And in fact, they might actually make things worse. So it's a combination of things. From our end, it's you know our intelligence community, our Customs and Border Patrol, 
you know, our diplomats, police trying to kind of assemble information and then working with other countries, right? Because most you know countries have an interest in hindering or stopping terrorist attacks. So sharing information, getting the right laws on the books, getting information exchanged. Well, it's kind of unromantic, but it's not about 100,000 guys in the ground hoofing it in the mountains of Afghanistan. And so continuing that and then having the military really focused on the most kind of lethal end of that operation, but then working with partner countries. I mean, for instance, areas like Iraq or the United Arab Emirates or Jordan, where they're you know, local forces that are willing to carry a lot of the weight, working with them, bolstering them, giving them information to make them more effective, kind of like advising them, helping them out. That's sort of the model that I think. And then, you know, if you think of our drones and our aircraft going around, you know, using military equipment that's per- correctly keyed, don't use a B-2 bomber to attack a terrorist that doesn't have, you can't even shoot it at the bomber. Use a drone that's not very expensive, you know, or an aircraft that's more inexpensive. It's not going to eat up the life of the system and waste the pilot's time and energy. And that, again, is a culture shift because for a long time, these operations were the most important thing the military was doing. So they got whatever they wanted. And now they got to be more on a tighter budget, if you will. If the U.S. doesn't handle this well, China becomes the new center for the force for currency. What is the net effect to an everyday American or European on a financial level? What does that mean for cost of goods and so on? It's a great question. It's actually something I'm thinking about for my next book, honestly, is to kind of delve more into that. I think the consequences would be very significant because I think that both for our prosperity and for our freedoms, because we're accustomed to, in fact, the whole world is accustomed to the United States being the central market in the world, right? I mean, we're the destination for savings. The world's top companies are in the United States, generally speaking. The world's top universities are in the United States. And there are enormous spillover benefits for Americans. I mean, like the fact of the dollar as the reserve currency, as I understand it, is significant for our how wealthy we are, right? And the fact that people want to come here and do innovative work at our universities and our research labs, that has spill-off benefits for us all. I think what China actually wants is to be that country. And if that were the case, we would be essentially, I think what China would become the center, not only of currency, but like of regulation, all of the world's best companies would be there. And essentially, American companies would be lower level parts of the supply chain. This is a bit simplistic, but I think the basic idea is we would become subordinate, we'd be kind of working for China. Tributary is more of a political side, but basically like Facebook and Twitter and Google would go down and we'd be using Chinese companies or Chinese subsidiaries that were operating in the United States that would be accountable to China. You know, they would be shaping global economic flows to their benefit. So Mm -hmm. deindustrialization would just be a start. We would probably turn into a different kind of economy. I think a less wealthy one because the Chinese would want to be occupy those commanding heights of that economy because it's pretty great mm-hmm. for all the problems our country has, which are real. You know, we are by far the world's largest, wealthiest country. And then that's, I think, what the Chinese want to take from us. And then if they were in that position of economic dominance, then they could basically have a lot of leverage over our freedom, right? What we say on social media and Facebook or whatever, or the Facebook successor would be, you know, subject. And they've got big data and analytics to figure out what we are saying, the kind of people we are, track what we're doing. Would we, I mean, they do this to themselves, so I don't know why they wouldn't do it to us. 
Could you get a bank loan? Could you get a mortgage? Could you get a job at a, at a company that you wanted to? Could you go to that university? I think these things would start to become part of our lives and it would make them a lot worse. In other words, you're saying we, the United States, and I'm making this real simple, could financially be their colony. Yeah. I mean, colony implies that they would like come over here and like take our land. I know you don't mean, I think it's more like kind of a, a subordinate dependent market, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, I mean, fairly or not, this is like what the Latin Americans have been accusing us of for a century. <laughs> I think one of the things that's important is that a lot of formal economists emphasize that there are no winners and losers in the economy. And I just don't think that's right. The Chinese think, I mean, they've been acting as if they're winners and losers, and they're going to take from the current winners and try to supplant us. And frankly, the Japanese were doing that before, before they ran into a wall. But China is a much bigger economy. And I think they want to basically, I mean, we did it to the British, so it's not impossible. (laughs) Well, hopefully it won't become the cycle in the next few years. I hope not too. I don't think it's consistent with what we expect as Americans, because I think we take for granted some level of growth and prosperity and economic security. It's kind of part of our national life, you know, so it would be really dramatic for us, I think. Yes, it would. Elbridge, I want to thank you for joining us today. This has been unbelievably interesting for me. I know it is for a lot of our our, our listeners because people just don't realize what's happening because it happens a little bit at a time. And the next thing you know, like, oh my gosh, somebody else is controlling us. And I see that's happening here. That's great. It's a pleasure to be with you. And I think that's the right way to put it in the sense of really dramatic things can happen without Americans really appreciating how significant it is. Well, what people don't realize is there's, I call it the compound effect. Yeah. Consistently happening every single time. The next thing you know, you see somebody who's a movie star, but you thought it happened overnight, but the rally is they, they toiled for 25 years. Same yep. thing's happening with China. We haven't been paying attention. We are, but we're not. And the next thing you know, they're there. That's well put. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how can people get your book, The Strategy of Denial? Well, you can find it on Amazon or any kind of booksellers or the Yale University Press. And if people want to see what I'm working on otherwise, my website is themarathoninitiative.org. So marathon like the race, initiative.org. And um, you can see a lot more what I'm up to there if they're interested. Eldridge, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you for being us. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you. Thanks. Thanks. You too, Steve. A pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Everybody, that was Elbridge Colby, the author of The Strategy of Denial. What an interesting conversation. I think it's a wake-up call for a lot of people. You should understand what's going on here because it will affect your dollars and cents. Hey, if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, you can join the Saving with Steve Sexton Insiders Club or go to savingwithsteve.us. Get all our replays, exclusive access to our after-show videos, guest gifts, and take your life to the next level. By the way, you don't want to miss a show. I understand that. You want to go to Spotify, Google Play, or YouTube. I want to shout out to our affiliates at UK Health Radio, BBS Radio, Talk Radio New York City, and more. All the networkers are dedicated to empowering you to solve problems that uplift your spirit and live a life of personal financial freedom. Hey, I want to thank everybody for being on the show today. Elbridge Colby, the author of The Strategy of Denial. Definitely want to read that book. I want to thank Lisa Thompson, saving expert for coupons.com. You're definitely going to need that this time of year. So with that, you all have a wonderful day. We'll look forward to seeing you next week. That's the Steve Sexton signing off for the Saving with Steve show. Thank you for joining us for the Saving with Steve show hosted by Steve Sexton. To learn more about the show and how to become a guest or sponsor, visit savingwithsteve.us. 
That's savingwithsteve.us. Join us again next time as we continue to talk about everything under the sun that relates to you having a healthier, happier relationship with money. This has been the Saving with Steve Show, hosted by Steve Sexton.